Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. It's the Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Barra. We're bringing you the news in real time, like live radio, but on your schedule. Here's the latest. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky will make a virtual address to Congress Wednesday morning. Democratic House and Senate leaders announced the appearance earlier today. Zelensky has made similar addresses to the British Parliament and the European Union, where he received standing ovations. Lawmakers are also preparing this week to sever normal trade relations with Russia. A new round of talks between Russia and Ukraine concluded today with what Ukraine called a technical pause. The virtual meeting is expected to resume tomorrow. Before the talks began, Ukraine expressed slight optimism that, in the words of one delegate, Russia was much more sensitive to Ukraine's position. Still, shelling of civilian areas, including the capital Kyiv, by Putin's forces continued today. The U.S. is threatening China with economic penalties if it continues to side with Russia. The New York Times reports the Kremlin asked China for weapons to help fight the war in Ukraine. But Russian officials deny this, and the foreign ministry in China is accusing the U.S. of spreading lies. Brent Renault, an award-winning American documentary maker, has been shot and killed in Ukraine. The 50-year-old was reporting on refugees in a suburb of Kyiv when he and another journalist came under fire from Russian forces. Renault died at the scene. He was known for thoughtful, in-depth documentaries from some of the world's most troubled spots. Russia's stock market will remain closed until Friday at the earliest. The Moscow exchange has been shut down for over two weeks as sanctions from the West threaten investments. The country's central bank says it will reevaluate the closure early next week. But President Biden predicts the Russian stock market will, in his words, blow up the second it reopens. Dolly Parton is declining her nomination to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The patron saint of country who basically came out of the womb composing hits says she hasn't earned the right to be considered because she's never put out a rock album and she doesn't want to take votes from other nominees. But Dolly says the nomination has inspired her to record one in the future. Dolly, bring it on. Coming up, we talk about the investing app Robinhood. It turns stock trading into a game, but the people who use the app don't seem to be winning. WebEx is driving hybrid work by ensuring almost anyone, almost anywhere, can be seen, heard, and have the ability to contribute equally. Learn more at webex.com slash hybrid work. 
China's government is shutting down Shenzhen, which is home to more than 17 million people in one of the most important cities in the global supply chain. 60 new coronavirus cases were reported on Sunday. Yes, 6-0. And that was enough for the government to enforce its zero-tolerance strategy for COVID. Shenzhen is a massive tech hub. It supplies and manufactures for companies like Apple and Toyota. China is currently experiencing its largest COVID outbreak in two years. Saudi Arabia has executed 81 people in a single day. That's the largest mass execution in the country's modern history. According to the state-run Saudi press agency, the men executed were convicted of murder, kidnapping, torture, and rape. Some allegedly had links to terrorist groups like ISIS. But the U.S., one of the few democracies that still allows the death penalty, said in 2019 that Saudi Arabia often executes people for small crimes like adultery. Elon Musk challenged Vladimir Putin to a fight over Twitter, a stunt that is so out of character for Musk, he usually hates attention. Musk said, quote, I hereby challenge Vladimir Putin to single combat. Stakes are Ukraine. I know this will never actually happen, but if we're talking about a real fight between a doughy billionaire and a former KGB agent known for poisoning people, I, um, I don't like Musk's odds. If you live in the UK, next time someone airdrops you an unsolicited dick pic on the tube or anywhere else for that matter, you can press charges against them. That's because of a new law that makes cyber flashing a criminal offense. Perpetrators could face up to two years in prison. Tennis star Naomi Osaka was heckled by a spectator at the beginning of her set at the Indian Wells Masters over the weekend. After she lost the match, Osaka was asked to speak directly to the audience. She said she was thinking of a 2001 incident where Venus and Serena Williams were heckled at the same venue. And I don't know why, but like it, it went into my head and I, it got replayed a lot. Um, I'm trying not to cry. The Williams sisters boycotted Indian Wells for more than a decade after. The mayors of Washington and New York are warning people experiencing homelessness to seek shelter after a series of shootings apparently connected to one person. Police are searching for a suspect who has shot five people, killing two, first in D.C., then in New York City. The victims were sleeping on the streets at the time they were shot. The Godfather came out 50 years ago today, and it's still making bank. Paramount decided a couple of weeks ago to put The Godfather in more than 150 theaters for the movie's milestone anniversary. And guess what? It was in the top three most watched movies in every single one of those locations, and it earned almost $1 million for a movie you've been able to watch at home for decades. Just goes to show the film's lasting hold on us. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. We want to take a look now at Robinhood. That's the stock trading app that got super popular early in the pandemic. Robinhood promised to make day trading fun. It had explosions of confetti when stocks went up and notifications when they went down. But after a group of Redditors used the app to drive up stock in GameStop, Robinhood started getting attention from regulators and from users who realized the app really wasn't what they thought it was. Robin Kaiser Schatzlein has written about Robinhood, and he says it was likely a fleeting cultural phenomenon, and maybe you should think twice before you use it. Well, Robinhood started in 2016, and their pitch was to democratize finance. I think that largely, I don't know if that was ever really true. What they did do is to take day trading and make it 
accessible on an app. You write that Robinhood users weren't customers of the app, that they were the product. What does that mean? Uh, Robinhood's business model was to make money selling their customers' trades to market-making firms. You would put in a trade on your Robinhood app to buy uh, some stock on Amazon, and Robinhood sold the right to execute that information to another company. When you use a brokerage like that, you actually don't you don't own the stock yourself. The brokerage, to some extent, buys it for you, holds it, and then trades it. But when users found that out, it wasn't what they thought it was. Huh. That seems to be the case with a lot of app models that start with the promise of something free. Right. And I think that, you know, it's a larger question that had to do with like when we all found out that Facebook was selling our information to make money and that it wasn't really free. You know, we were the product of Facebook. Our information was being mined, packaged and sold to people. So what are some scenarios for the future of Robinhood? One of the basic things that I think is important to understand is that day trading is actually not a money-making proposition for most people. Most scholars say that you know day traders just lose money. And for the most part, it seems like people have realized this. And what most brokerages advise people to do is put their money into an index fund, which means that it's not moving around very much, and it's very unsexy, and it's very boring. But for the most part, that is what a, a good brokerage will do. And if Robinhood is going to compete with the bigger brokerages, they'll have to become a lot more conservative. And I know you're not here to give people you know, trading or investing advice, but if I were listening to this, I might think twice before investing some money in Robinhood or trying to play around with it. Right. I mean, I, I would tell any of my friends that day trading is not a money-making proposition. Maybe it's fun for you. Maybe you like betting. Maybe you like speculating. But it's not how a person makes money. The amount of information that you have access to as a day trader is so infinitely smaller than the amount of information that like a hedge fund has who have paid researchers on staff. Like You're never going to beat the market in that asymmetry of information. And I think that a lot of people are like rushing into unsophisticated investors, as they're called, rushing into equity markets is a sign of possibly a bubble and to some extent a unstable market. And I think that for the most part, we might look back on Robinhood as just being a kind of warning or a spasm that happened prior to things correcting a little bit. Thanks for joining us, Rob. Robin Kaiser Schatzlein reports on the economy and politics. Be sure to follow the Refresh from Insider on your favorite podcast apps, or better yet, go to insider.com slash the refresh to use our custom design player. We also want to hear from you. Reach us at the refresh at insider.com. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. Thanks for listening to the Refresh from Insider. Insider.